With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
K-I-R-P Radio! Good evening, you're listening to the K-I-R-P Radio Show. That stands for Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. Guest host Rocco P. last Friday night of the month. If you are listening live, feel free to call in. That number is 619-638-8559-619-638-8559. I will get you... On the air. Tonight we are speaking about COVID 19, the Great Reset. What is the real agenda? If you saw my byline, I said COVID 19, the Great Reset. Have you considered if there are any connections between the pandemic, which is COVID 19, the Fourth Industrial Revolution? We'll speak about that. Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, the continuing destruction of the middle class, 5G technology and the Internet of Everything, including autonomous vehicles. The global elite, a.k.a. the New World Order, are advancing their agenda for global government, the latest and most effective instrument to move the world towards global government has been the pandemic. What is their agenda, and how is the pandemic or scamdemic being used to advance this agenda of global governance? What does it look like? What should we expect to can to unfold during this pandemic, during this scamdemic? That is what we will be discussing tonight. The Great Reset is the name of a book written by Klaus Schwab. If you haven't seen Klaus Schwab on TV, if you have a TV or on the internet, uh, he literally looks like a James Bond villain, and he sounds like a James Bond villain speaking with a heavy German accent. It's it's not funny uh, because he really does have power. Uh, he runs the World Economic Forum, among other things. They're known for their uh, annual Davos meeting uh, that the World Economic Forum uh, uh, administers. So world leaders will come there. It's uh, kind of like a different version of Bilderberg, really. It's a more open version, right? Bilderberg is one where you can look at if you're familiar with the Bilderberg group. So, Klaus Schwab, uh, I was trying to find the video where he spoke about the Great Reset himself. Again, his book was released, I believe, let me check, in July, I believe. Let me double check. I think his book just came out July of last year. Yes, July 9th, 2020 was published. Before that, in 2016, he'd written a book called The Fourth Industrial Revolution, which uh, we will also look at uh, a bit. But I'm going to play a video from the World Economic Forum. Uh, I'm going to avoid the temptation to interrupt it and give commentary. There's uh, 
I, I'm not sure if I agree with any anything that's going to be said in this uh, four-plus-minute propaganda piece, four-and-a-half-minute. It's called What is the Great uh, Reset, released by uh, Davos. Even on the, their YouTube channel, it's uh, What is the Great Reset, Davos Agenda 2021. Uh, this was released January 25th of this year, which uh, was months after Klaus Schwab's book was published on in back in July. But again, I'm going to play this uh, highly concocted, this highly, highly uh, deceptive and and really disgusting uh, propaganda piece from the World Economic Forum about what is a great reset. Again, I'm just going to play it straight through. I'm not going to stop it. Uh, if I stopped it, it would we'd probably go on a good 20 minutes because most of it's wrong, or if not everything. But I'm going to play this piece now. The pandemic has radically changed the world as we know it. And the actions we take today as we work to recover will define our generation. Now is the time to think what history would say about this crisis. 2020 has been challenging on a lot of levels, as economic, environmental and societal frailties have been laid bare. But it's also proved that when we need to, we can act rapidly and restructure our lives. The recovery from the pandemic is an opportunity. We can see raise the hope in the form of a vaccine, but there is no vaccine for the planet. Nature needs a bailout. You don't want to go back to the status quo that you had before simply because it was the status quo that got us here. With everything falling apart, we can reshape the world in ways we couldn't before. Ways that better address so many of the challenges we face. And that's why so many are calling for a great reset. A great reset? That sounds more like buzzword bingo marking some nefarious plans for world domination. Hands up, this kind of slogan hasn't gone down well. But all we really want to say is that we all have an opportunity to build a better world. And it's not surprising that people who've been disenfranchised by a broken system and pushed even further by the pandemic will suspect global leaders of conspiracy. But the world's not that simple. Every one of us has differing priorities, values, and ideas. That's part of why solutions are so hard to come by, and why we all need to be involved in the decision-making. Because whether it's politicians, CEOs, academics, activists, or you, we're all about getting people together, even those you may not like, to sit down at the table and develop solutions that work for all of us. But enormous trust between the private sector and the public sector for this to actually work. That trust is hard to come by. It's time for people to work together, listen to each other, and build this trust so we can move towards a better world. And we really need one. Because while the pandemic affects us all, it's clear it affects some more than others. The first people who are hit are the people at the front, those who are vulnerable. It is those on the front line who take it first, and that is simply unacceptable. See, at the start of 2020, 1% of the world's population owned 44% of the wealth. And since the start of the pandemic, billionaires have increased theirs by more than 25%, whilst 150 million people fell back into extreme poverty. And with climate change set to dwarf the damage caused by the pandemic, the message from 2020 should be abundantly clear. Capitalism, as we know it, is dead. This 
obsession that we have had with maximizing profits for shareholders alone has led to incredible inequality and a planetary emergency. No one can do this alone, and top-down approaches won't get us anywhere, because everything we've learned in our work has shown us that diverse voices lead to better results. And it's for these reasons that the forum talks about something called stakeholder capitalism, which would shift businesses away from just profit, because... If we want to change where the focus of our recovery will go, then we need a new dashboard for the new economy, and that needs to encompass people, planet, prosperity, and institutions. Giving people a real stake in the economy and putting well-being before growth. And that's all about getting the right people in the right place at the right time. We must rebuild our relationship with nature for the survival of the people in our planet. We have a window of time which is closing and we need everybody who cares to get together and find solutions now. It's the people who have great ideas and who share them with others. They're the ones who are shaping the future. So if you want to be a part of the change, then tune in, turn on, and get involved. Follow the Davos Agenda, right here, online, on YouTube. And that was a disgusting propaganda piece by the World Economic Forum. Um, who runs the Davos, the Davos meeting annually. Uh, among among the many things that were said that, that were that was completely fallacious in that four and a half minute video is the idea that profit is bad and capitalism is dead. Uh, as far as profit, profit is what motivates people to be productive. <laughs> If you remove the profit incentive, either at the individual level or at at the you know, the level of a business, what what would be the motivation to be productive? And yeah, what they are moving towards again, there's a lot that's going on. I, I can't I can't do everything. I can't get into every aspect of it, this tonight. But one of the things they are moving towards is universal basic income universal basic income. Uh, there will be a series. Uh, there's going to be more stimulus checks in the United States. I haven't followed what's going on in other countries. There will be another set of stimulus checks. Um, a, an email was released from Canada. Uh, it cannot be ascertained if it was legitimate, but if it was someone in the Liberal Party that had a conscience let it out, who was in their parliament, and uh, essentially said that the majority of the people in Parliament, a minority disagreed, the majority who discussed disagreed with it, and they said they would move towards, there would be in the time frame, I don't know if they said this year, uh, the people in Canada would be given a choice that all of their debt could be forgiven, but they would have to agree then legally, whatever that would look like legally in Canada, that they would never own any property but then all the debt would be forgiven. This is horrific. If you do not want any, if you don't have property rights, then you know, what's left? You can say your body will know you wouldn't own your body because they're already moving towards forced vaccination, which is the bioweapon. 
So they're saying, what what would you own? Nothing. And they've literally said that. That was in another uh, propaganda piece by the World Economic Forum. There's no... I could play the vi- I could play the video, but there's no audio for it. There's just words where it says uh, this great commercial. It's like, it's, it'll be in a year or two. They'll say you'll own nothing and you'll love it. Everything you need will be rented. Yes, these are some of the things that they have planned for for their great reset. And of course, it's not just Klaus Schwab, uh, the global elite, aka the New World Order, has been playing this for a very, very long time, very, very long time. We'll talk, it, we'll talk about that to a lot of people when you say this. And it was interesting in the propaganda piece by Davos that they said, yeah, people, that they, they addressed the fact, which was amazing because they already knew there was pushback, that yeah, glo- yeah, people, there's a global conspiracy. And they said, it's just not that simple. It's just not, it's just not that simple. It's like, mm, really? Okay. It's not that simple. So, we basically have this international coordination for uh, a virus that's never been isolated. That's correct. COVID-19 has never been isolated. I didn't pull up the documents tonight, tonight from the CDC. It's there. It's never been isolated. Okay. They looked at symptoms and they said, you know, this is probably a variation of SARS-CoV-2, of, of SARS. SARS. So they said, well, this is what it probably looks like. The PCR test isn't a diagnostic test. And even the New York Times says 90% of the positives could be false. So even the mainstream media lets some of this out when they decide to. When they decide to. And you have the vast majority of people that are still submitting to the ADC of masks. When if it was a virus, viruses are a lot smaller than bacteria. Masks can protect you from bacteria for the most part. Uh, Little mask, no mask, even the N95s. It's not going to protect you from anything viral, because guess what? Viruses are smaller than smoke particles. You can see anyone, even on YouTube, is 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 terrible and as controlling as YouTube is. You can still find some videos on YouTube. If not, then go to BitChute. You can find the videos where you see anesthesiologists and other people just vaping through any mask imaginable, smoke going through the mask and around it. The masks provide no protection. This is merely, this is prisoner training, and this is getting people in line for when they roll out mandatory vaccinations. Right now, it's been good because good 40, at least 40% in the states at least, uh, do not plan on getting the vaccination, which is good. They don't plan on getting the bioweapon, which is good. And if you didn't get the memo because you're addicted to uh, television news, uh, this vaccine is experimental. It's using technology that's never been used on humans, uh, for, for most of them, uh, for at least from Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. Okay, with messenger RNA, this is experimental biotech. It's a bioweapon. It's never been used on humans. Traditional vaccines would take seven to ten years to develop. They claim they spit this out in a year and it's safe. No, they're still doing trials. This is an experimental vaccine. That's why in the United States, even the U.S. military cannot coerce active duty troops or anyone in the reserves to take this because it's experimental. They're still doing human trials. Okay? So if you only remember one thing, one thing about the vaccine, which is a bioweapon, understand it's still experimental. They're still doing human trials. 
And that's why even in the military in the States, you can opt out at this point because they're still doing trials. You still got some rights left, not too many. You got a few left. The Great Reset, again, uh, there, <laughs> this idea, getting back to the video, that they, they, they ridicule profit and they basically say, well, yeah, if businesses are on profit, it's just, it just doesn't work. Enough. They create this illusion, this, go, yeah, the total force, in fact, the total fabricated crisis of man-made or anthropogenic global warming. And then when people realize that was a fraud, then they, they change the marketing on that. Marketing drives sales. So they want to drive more sales to get people to believe in global warming. So they said, we need a new, we need a new name to drive sales into this. Uh, let's call it climate change. Because you, know, you do have four climates. You know. Was that winter, spring, uh, summer, fall? <laughs> so now, now people are under such severe mind control. It was even in the video when they said climate change that they showed some ice melting and they also showed some fires. So somehow, yeah, somehow, somehow with, with global warming, you just get extremes of all temperatures. It's it's, it's not just cold. It's not just cooling. Yeah. So it's not just warming. It's not just warming. It's it's, uh, it's extreme weather. You got extreme winters. That's uh, it's due to climate change. Yeah, because we have four climates each year. We got four seasons each year. So yes, the climate does change. It has nothing to do with what you're driving. That's why polar ice caps on Mars are melting. Okay, and no one's driving an SUV on Mars. Uh, not even Elon Musk. Not yet. No one's doing that. So they ridicule they ridicule profit in the video. Uh, and th th they talk about they talk about the idea that uh, the world isn't that simple. That yeah, it can't be people at the top. There's no conspiracy, really. And why why do most nations around the world why do they why are they basically wearing masks when we know it's a scientific proof, scientifically proven? If COVID-19 was proven to exist and it's never been isolated in the lab, they know. The mask provides no protection against the virus. Period. They know it. they're lying. But no, the world the world's not that simple. The world's not that simple. The, the other, so many so many things again about that video that was completely completely absurd. The idea that they want people involved in making decisions. And what they're talking about is a further consolidation of control by the global elite. And then they play class warfare by saying, "Yeah, billionaires have gotten." Yeah, you know, they they've gotten more money, they've gotten richer since COVID and the other people are getting poor. It's like so do you think do you think fast forward five to ten years from now, if they start to roll out universal basic income, you think people uh you, you think people aren't aren't at the top point zero 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 five percent? You don't think they're gonna become more rich? And just just look at Bill Gates, how many billions as he has invested yeah, pretending to be a philanthropist, even what they admit, his wealth has grown exponentially since he started investing in vaccine companies and yeah, helping to spread the bioweapons that they call vaccines throughout the world. So, yeah, they play class warfare, but <laughs> the solution is always false. Everything, they, everything, they're project, everything they're presenting is to further impoverish what's left of the middle class, to destroy it, to basically make... Yeah, they want a vast majority of people that are poor. That's they want. That's they want. That's part of the Great Reset. 
Again, if uh, you are listening live, number 619-638-8559, 619-638-8559. We had had a little pushback on this uh, probably controlled opposition, Sky News Australia. I say that because it's that's the network news in Australia, and it's still on YouTube. Got 1.29 million views. And the name of this video is "You Will Own Nothing and You Will Be Happy." Warnings of Orwellian Great Reset. So, you have this uh, you have this uh, <laughs> news per, news person in Sky News Australia, uh, Mr. Dean, who uh, starts uh, ranting about this, and he's got a few good things to say. Again, probably controlled opposition since it is Sky News Australia and has been pulled from YouTube with over 1.29 million subscribers, 1.29 million views, uh, as well as 1.29 million subscribers. But I'll play a place a few minutes of this clip here. The plan that I have repeatedly warned about to take the tools of oppression used to tackle the coronavirus and use them all, lockdowns, forced business closures, exclusion zones, isolation. We heard, we heard Angela Marsden earlier, businesses shut down, isolation at home, all of that, all of those measures, including destroying private property rights and private income in order to tackle the climate crisis. Now is a historical moment of time, not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the system. We have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. It is an opportunity we have never had before and may never have again. So we must use all the levers we have at our disposal, knowing that each and every one of us has a vital role to play. The Great Reset is a welcome recognition that this human tragedy must be a wake-up call. It is imperative that we reimagine, rebuild, redesign, reinvigorate and rebalance our world. Rebalancing investment, harnessing science and technology, and advancing the transition to net zero emissions, all elements of the Great Reset, are fundamental to building the future we need. And that last one was the clown Guterres, who was at the Climate Ambition Summit, telling us the world is going to cook by three and a half degrees or something by the end of the century. Yeah, right. This great reset is as serious and as dangerous a threat to our prosperity, to your prosperity and your freedom, as we have faced in decades. With these powerful bodies, including the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, and even Prince Charles boasting, yes, boasting that within a few few short years, yes, their words, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Remember, this is not me saying this, this is them. They are even running ads for the Great Reset. the countries will dominate. I wonder which ones they might be. A terrifying coalition of big business, big tech and left-wing totalitarians are so confident and so brazen. I mean, they just stole the US election, so I guess they're feeling pretty chuffed with themselves. I stopped there again. He had some good things to say, but this idea of left-wing totalitarian, you know, stealing the US election, yeah. Trump, uh, Trump, as I said before, probably, probably was stolen. It certainly looks that way. 
but we really don't know if Trump won four years ago, but part of the agenda wasn't for Hillary to contest it and the minions in, in the Democrat Party. So this idea that this, the, if you think globalism or the New World Order, if this is something left-wing, you, you're, you're completely wrong. And again, this is, I guess, why this guy is still on, on the air, because he wants to sell this as left versus right when uh, the globalists own both parties. You just look in the States. Uh, you can just do your own research. Look at how military spending never changes, no matter who's in office. You look at Biden's foreign policy now. Yeah, he's bombing Syria. It's all an illusion. It's all an illusion. It's Coke versus Pepsi. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's when the people yeah when the people vote. It's like heads I win, heads the new world order wins, tails the people loses. I mean, just you know, flip a coin. It, it's the same outcome. Voting is largely the illusion of choice. Or uh, again, as John Rutherford would say, was from John uh, Whitehead would say from Rutherford Institute, the illusion of participation. I prefer the illusion of choice. You do participate, but yeah, the, the choice is largely the same. Again, there might be a referendum or something or some local elections, but you get to national offices, there's uh, there's too much money. But Klaus Schwab's book again was uh, published in July 9th. 2020. I'm going to step back and uh, consider consider again everything has happened in about a year. Consider the fact that governments told certain people that they couldn't make an income, and it's disturbing a lot of Christians, particularly pastors, yeah, you know, professional preachers, meaning those who get paid to preach, have been reticent or hesitant, or have ignored what the Bible says, that God created work before sin entered the world. So government came into being to restrain sin in part. In part. Can't do it completely, of course. However, if any, if any government then tells someone that they cannot earn a living, that's wicked. That's not the role of government to do that. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually it's against the role of government because <laughs> but by telling someone they can't earn a living then they're putting themselves they're you're basically putting themselves against God and God's plan for people but they they told some people that they couldn't work uh, they said if you could work from home which obviously everyone can't that's good they want the isolation they want the isolation uh, look at how travel has really been restricted and we'll talk about that more historically. When I mentioned some, I'll talk a little bit about the passports. Uh, at the same time, this is going on. Then, uh, what else have we seen? They're rolling out 5G technology. 5G technology and the Internet of Everything. What's the Internet of Everything? That means when you have a smart device and everything in your house, you have a so-called smart refrigerator, smart oven, smart washer, smart dryer. And what, what's part of the impetus behind all this? Uh, if you have those devices, if, if, you want that, if you want that trash in your house, I, of course, I, I have no desire. If you want that, then you are letting yourself be controlled at a completely different level. Now, let me explain. If you have a smart washer, they'll be able to know, literally, how much hot water you use every month, okay? And if you think that's absurd, say, well, then why, 
you don't have a smart washer just because you're going to be, if you're not working from home, you're just going to be outside. It's like, oh, I just want to start a load of wash today, even though I forgot to put clothes in, in the, the washer or dryer. I'll just start a load. No, it's not, not for just remote control of uh, your washer and dryer. It's for complete control of human resource because they're creating artificial scarcity. If you followed what happened in Texas, Texas was in, yeah, was in really, really deep trouble last week. Still not completely out of it. And that happened because they experienced, yeah, unseasonably cold weather. Was the, was the weather manipulated? It's quite possible. I'm not getting into that tonight. You can look up geoengineering. Geoengineering, yes, Project Harp in the United States was just one of many such projects. There's others and other sites. But, yes, they can manipulate the weather. I'm not saying that happened in Texas. It's quite possible. I haven't looked into it. Certainly in California, when they had a lot of those wildfires, there's very good information out there that when you see, when you see uh, one house incinerated and the house next door to it not incinerated, that wasn't a normal fire. Okay, that was a normal fire. Okay, were they using high energy? Yeah, did energy beams or whatever? I'm not exactly sure, but that was a normal fire. In any case, I digress. The point is, in Texas, Texas experienced these freezing cold weathers, and lo and behold, part of the reason that their grid almost went down is because they had a good percentage in asinine, ridiculous, and ineffective windmills. Okay, those windmills were not designed to run in super cold weather. They should have never been built in the first place. Again, this is about creating artificial scarcity. Okay? When you hear the Great Reset, I think part of it is artificial scarcity. Okay? And they want to impoverish the masses. They want to impoverish the masses. That's part of the agenda. If Texas, it's real simple, if Texas if we could eliminate the EPA in the states, the Environmental Protection Agency, which was created by executive order illegally by Richard Nixon after, after a, a United Nations meeting that you know, largely influenced that decision, if the EPA was gone tomorrow and there was no regulations, we could build refineries left and right in the states. And if you didn't, if you didn't hear, carbon CO2 is not poison. Uh, it's not a toxin. It's not a toxin. We're a carbon-based life form, right? Uh, we could build all the refineries we need in the States, and a lot of things would happen. The, the global elite, a.k.a. the New World Order, the power elite does not want that to happen. If that happened overnight, okay, just this one thing, we made this one, this one far-sweeping economic change. If all, if all regulations at the federal level, and you have, you might, you have some states that are still, uh, that are still basically uh, economically, uh, how could you say, disadvantaged or economically challenged. If there's no federal regulations about about the environment, and they're not, it's not in the Constitution. It's not part of the delegated, the enumerated powers. Okay. Congress has no authority to do anything with the environment, just like, just like health care. But just, I won't, I won't go down the path of health care. And that's part of it, too. You know, to, to basically, they want to depopulate the world. And we're seeing that with COVID, the vaccine is going to result in people not being able to have children. You'll see that. Right now, people, a lot of people aren't because of economic uncertainty. But 
they're going to make. They're not telling people what that's going to do. The vaccine for one will attack the placenta. And I even read one mainstream article, I might have mentioned it last, last month, where even a, 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 an article in Florida said there was pro-vaccine, of course, because it was mainstream, but it says, you know, if you're a man, uh, you might want to freeze some of your sperm before you get the vaccine just in case. That's the mainstream piece. That was a mainstream piece. So that's uh, that's the agenda. That's uh, that's part of the agenda. What they have to impoverish people with this global warming. But you get back to the refineries. If the EPA was gone, there's no federal regulation against them. States might be foolish enough, yeah, and there would be states would be foolish enough. It would probably New York, New Jersey, California to begin with to limit refineries. If there was no cap on refineries, what would happen? All right. Very simply, uh, we would have far cheaper cost for all energy, and there would be a lot of high-paying jobs <laughs> to operate the refineries, a lot of excellent, high-paying, productive, industrious jobs. But they don't want that. They don't want people empowered. And they want to increment, continue to incrementally destroy the middle class, impoverish us, push us into highly concentrated cities, limit transportation, have everyone control everything everyone is doing controlled when people when people are foolish enough to be intoxicated to put a smart device on everything they have in their home. And this is part of five G. Another part of five G is they need the autonomous cars. They don't want people traveling themselves. Far easier to control. If within a generation people don't know how to drive and that's the direction they're going to move with. I think the technology just exists for any car now to probably be autonomous. I may have mentioned before in the air that doing this show that I had um, I had rented a new car, was given to me as a loaner when I was getting some repairs on a car, and in real time was telling me the cars around me that were out of warranty and things. So I think they could just flip the switch. They've, any any new car could be fully autonomous. But the way they're going to sell it to the people, someone on the, someone who works in the insurance market told me, is that, when it comes out to again coerce to, to basically get people to accept it, they'll say, "All right, you can still drive any of these cars, new cars that they'll they're all mounted." They'll say, "You can still drive. You don't have to use autonomous, but it's going to cost you more in your insurance because humans are are uh, are, are more dangerous." Which is a lie. I mean, you, do you really want to be in an autonomous vehicle and have that vehicle decide if you know something something can't be avoided? You want to, you you really want software to decide whether or not you're going to die or get seriously injured? I don't think so. But they're going to lie to the people. They're going to say, yeah, you you can still drive, but if you're, you'd be more dangerous than uh, than autonomous vehicles. You can you just look up Teslas, how much they cost, and how many of them have crashed. I mean, there's a lot of those videos out there with Teslas just driving into stuff or the vehicles, among other things. But. Uh, if we just got rid of the EPA, just want one simple solution, literally, all all across the country, I mean, our gas prices would probably be easily half of what it is now, and you'd never have what happened a week ago in Texas that they're still still suffering from. That would never happen. It would never happen in Texas. Okay, you'd have refineries that they could that would be able to stand withstand the cold, the, the cold, <laughs> not not these ridiculous. Yeah, inefficient windmills that should have never been built in the first place. But this is what they want. This is the goal. They create the problem, like COVID, knowing what the reaction will be to give their solution. Okay. 
they created COVID to accept their solution, knowing that people would be afraid when, yeah, they took people's sports away. They wanted everyone for men. They wanted everyone focused 24-7 on the, on the pandemic. And if you don't think it's a pandemic, again, go to BitChute's on YouTube and just search Plandemic 2 Indoctrination. Plandemic 2 Indoctrination and watch that. And you, could, you will find out, it's proven, that COVID-19 was patented, which means one of two things. Number one, you cannot patent, uh, you, you cannot patent a vaccine for a virus that would occur in nature. You can't do it. So it's one of two things that have happened. Uh, they're either all the companies, you know, Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, now J&J's got on the act with these bioweapons. Either they're, they're profiting illegally or if they're not profiting illegally, then how is the patent issued? You can't have, you can't have it both ways. You, you, you can't have it both ways. It's, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. It's completely concocted. So they know people. They get people afraid. They use the mask to get them to accept the bioweapon. They roll out the bioweapon. And then that's going to result a size of killing a good number of people. They've reported so far the adverse event. The, the death so far, I think, that they've reported has been 900. And in the past, in general, in the past, they would claim only 1% of adverse events get reported. Okay, so if you take 100 times 1,000, it's almost 1,000. Probably close to 100,000 people have died already. Those are the deaths. A lot more injured. That's the stats we have in the past. Only 1% of adverse events or adverse reactions to drugs are even reported. So if they're reporting nine, they're reporting just under 1,000. It's 100 times more. But they're not going to tell you that because they want you to take it. When when you talk about this idea, uh, to me, I would say it's obvious there's a there's a global agenda behind COVID-19 pandemic insofar as there's a massive international agreement to support COVID the COVID-19 myth against an urban isolated lab, as well as a highly coordinated international response to the pandemic. Why do most nations of the world, why are they doing these travel restrictions? You know, the, the, the mask, which have, yeah, contradicts science. Everything they said essentially has been a lie. Initially, if, if you remember everything, was getting people on a <clears throat> everything was getting people on the ventilators, and traditionally ventilators are very dangerous. Traditionally, yeah, 50% of the people on a ventilator die. But with the COVID mythology, with the pandemic or the scandemic, they said, well, you can't just give people oxygen because then they might start breathing and it's going to spread. And they found out when they use the ventilators for people on COVID, and again, the vast majority of people have died have been those over 70 with at least two other, one or two other pre-existing conditions or comorbidities. They used the ventilators on them, then the, uh, the fatality rate was 80, 90%. Then they stopped using the ventilators. You didn't hear, them on, you didn't hear about that on mainstream news too much, though. So in my mind, it's obvious there's a global agenda behind the COVID-19 pandemic. Insofar as there's a massive international agreement to support the COVID-19 myth, as well as a highly coordinated international response to the pandemic. 
Now, if you think the idea of a well-coordinated international global conspiracy is highly improbable or even impossible, uh, we're going to talk about the origin of the passport. I'm going to go into the origin of the passport. I'll take a break. We'll go back, and uh, we'll come back. I'll talk about the passport, give you a little bit of history. I think you'll find it very, very interesting as far as what happened in the early 20th century shows what was going on then and gives you an insight to the potential and what is going on now. Listen to KRP Radio Show, Keeping Real with Pudgy Miller, guest host Rocco P.
K-I-R-P Radio! I was mentioning uh, the fact that if you, if you think it's difficult to consider or uh, if you think it's improbable that there could be a well-coordinated international global conspiracy, uh, think about how we got passports. In other words, how is it that every nation in the world, including the former Soviet Union, Russia, and China, and North Korea, and yeah, countries like Saudi Arabia where they have Sharia law. How is it that every country in the world accepts the same document for people from different countries? Uh, I'm going to read part of a piece from, uh, from the UK Guardian. It's from 2006. It was in the early 20th century that passports, as we would recognize them today, began to be used. The first modern British passport, the product of the British Nationality and Status Aliens Act of 1914, consisted of a single page folded into eight and held together with a cardboard cover. It was valid for two years and, as well as a photograph and signature, featured a personal description, including details such as shape of face, complexion, and features. The entry on this last category might read something like forehead broad, nose large, eyes small. Remarkably, some travelers claim to find this dehumanizing. Following an agreement among the League of Nations to standardize passports, I just throw that line in. Following an agreement among the League, League of Nations to standardize passports, the famous old blue is issued in 1920. The passports of other countries are, on the whole, remarkably similar to Britain's, although some do have their quirks. The passports of the future will feature embedded microchips and biometric data such as photographs, fingerprints, and iris patterns. Again, that was from a piece from the UK Guardian, published back November 17, 2006. Now I'll go to that great bastion of truth. Wikipedia, under an entry, Paris Conference on Passports and Custom Formalities and Through Tickets. The entry in Wikipedia is called Paris Conference on Passports and Custom Formalities and Through Tickets. The Paris Conference on Passports and Custom Formalities and Through Tickets was a conference organized by the League of Nations in 1920, which agreed for the first time on a set of standards for all passports issued by members of the League. Prior to that time, there were no internationally agreed standards for passports because they were not generally required for travel until World War I. Did you get that? Did you get that? The League of Nations, which was replaced by 
the UN, we'll talk about that in a minute, in 1920, agreed for the first time on a set of standards for all passports issued by members of the League. Prior to that time, meaning 1920, there were no internationally agreed standards for passports because they were not generally required for travel until World War I. Do you see what's happened over the last uh, 100 years? Well, they control the global elite, which I would call the New World Order, has consolidated their control over human beings to travel. They've consolidated their control over human beings to travel. I, I, I had said, I had said before, uh, and I, you know, I'll get back to League of Nations in a moment. I heard on a local NPR station, this was months ago, that they were saying the future and co- what would happen with the with the COVID uh, pandemic is that if you were in one county in North Carolina, uh, and you were going to another county, if your your county had more cases, yeah, there would be checkpoints between counties. And you don't think that's coming? You don't think there's going to be checkpoints between state boundaries? You don't think there's going to be checkpoints between counties? Might be checkpoints in the future very well. Will probably be checkpoints between cities if the people tolerate it. If the people tolerate it. What was the League of Nations? What was the League of Nations? I'm quoting again from that Bastion of Truth Wikipedia under the entry League of Nations. That was the first worldwide intergovernmental organization whose principal mission was to maintain world peace. Founded on January 10, 1920, following the Paris Peace Conference that ended the First World War, it ceased operations on April 20, 1946. The organization's primary goals, as stated in its covenant, include preventing wars through collectively through collective security, disarmament, and settling international disputes through negotiation and arbitration. At its greatest extent, from September 28, 1934 to February 23, 1935, it had 58 members. After some notable successes and some early failures in the 1920s, the League ultimately proved incapable of preventing aggression by the Axis powers in the 1930s. The credibility of the organization was weakened by the fact the United States never joined the League and the Soviet Union withdrew and the Soviet Union joined late and was soon expelled after invading Finland. Germany withdrew from the League as did Japan, Italy, Spain, and others. The The onset of the Second World War showed that the League had failed its primary purpose, which was prevent any future which was to prevent any future world war. The League lasted for twenty six years. And then what happened? The United Nations replaced it after the end of the Second World War and inherited several agencies and organizations founded by the League. This is how this is how the globalists operate. This is how yeah, you know, this is how the power elite operate. This is how the global elite operates. This is how the New World Order rolls. You see what happened. The League of Nations was organized, and the primary purpose was to, to prevent war. World War One occurred. They closed shop. I mean, World War Two closed after World War started after World War One to prevent war. World War Two started. They closed down shop after 20, 26 years. Then they then they they repackage it as the UN after after the end of the Second World War War. Do you see that? The bait and switch. So that's the way it always works in the world order. One step back, three steps forward. That's, that's how they always work. So they just give it a new name, but they continue, they continue the agenda.
They continued that agenda. Now, World War II lasted from 1939 to 1945. And then we got that United Nations founded in 1945, currently made up of 193 member nation states. Now, you go to the UN website and you'll see some some amazing stuff. See some amazing stuff on their website. It talks about this again, climate change. It's all over the place as far as what their what their goals are. Let me pull that up. Okay. Homepage United Nations. Peace, dignity and equality on a healthy planet. Well, maybe maybe the planet has a temperature, so maybe maybe the planet should be isolated for two weeks or a few years. The planet's not healthy. Maybe we need to vaccinate the planet, not the people. We just need to get big vaccines throughout the entire planet, put them in the ground. Climate action. What are the NDCs? The Paris Agreement requests each country to outline and communicate their post-2020 climate actions, known as their nationally determined contributions to reduce national emissions and adapt to the impacts of climate change. Together, these climate actions determine whether the world achieves the long-term goals of the agreement and reaches global peaking of greenhouse gas emissions as soon as possible. That's what it's all about. It's, it's, it's all over the place. It's, it's just all, it's all over. UN, Sustainable Development Goals. Sustainable Development Goals, 17 goal, goals to transform our world. I had mentioned in the intro, Agenda 21, that's the United Nations agenda for the 21st century. Came out of the Rio summit, I forget which year, 92, 96. And then that was repackaged as agenda 2030. Okay. Problem, reaction, solution. The globalist, the power elite, create a problem. Knowing the reaction, they have the solution. And now Klaus Schwab and others have said, now they have the opportunity due to COVID to seriously address problems like climate change. You see how it's all connected. See how it's the same agenda. See, before before the pandemic is is fluoridated and uh, as mind controlled as people were in the United States and Europe, you probably couldn't get someone to accept the tax on breathing, on air, on being alive. Now, with COVID, you really don't have to. You just basically destroy the economy, uh, take people's jobs away, get people on universal basic income. You can do everything that you want with those people. The other people, if they're afraid to leave their house or if they can't in the future, if they have autonomous cars and they don't know how to drive in a generation, kind of easy to control people. Again, they still got to compensate for the guns at least in the States. That's part of the reason why I think the States are in the crosshairs at this point. Klaus Schwab, before he wrote The Great Reset, wrote a book called The Fourth Industrial Revolution. Again, quoting from that bastion of truth, Wikipedia. The Fourth Industrial Revolution, or Industry 4.0, is the ongoing automation of traditional manufacturing and industrial practices using modern smart technology. 
large-scale machine-to-machine communication and the Internet of Things are integrated for increased automation, improved communication, and self-monitoring and production of smart machines that can analyze and diagnose issues without the need for human intervention. The phrase fourth industrial revolution was first introduced by a team of scientists developing a high-tech strategy for the German government. Klaus Schwab, executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, introduced the phrase to a wider audience in a 2015 article published by Foreign Affairs, Mastering the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and that was the theme of the 2016 World Economic Forum annual meeting in Davos. Davos, Switzerland. On October 10, 2016, the forum, announced, the forum announced the opening of its Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution in San Francisco. This was also subject, the subject and title of Schwab's 2016 book. Schwab includes in this fourth era technologies that combine hardware, software, and biology, cyber, physical systems and emphasizes advances in communication and connectivity. Okay, did you catch that? We got hardware, software, and biology, cyber physical systems. Elon Musk, who's uh, New World Order, I think, um, it's obvious, I mean, he's connected. I don't, again, I wouldn't play class warfare, but you look at, you know, what a disgusting, filthy organization Tesla is. Tesla would only makes money because it's crony capitalism, okay, or fascism. That's the nicer word. In other words, if you took away all the fake, bogus climate incentives, all the tax incentives that that Elon Musk company gets for his Tesla cars, you know, these ridiculous electric cars which shouldn't be on the road because you know, they're inefficient disgusting waste of energy. When you look at how much energy it takes to produce them and the batteries and what's wasted, it's a horrible concept. But in any case, my point is this. Elon Musk is is a complete a complete and total corporate New World Order whore, completely, what he believes and how he acts. If you took away his tax incentives, Tesla's out of business. They'd never make any money. He's one of the richest guys in the world. But James Corbett has an excellent, uh, excellent commentary, as he normally does, uh, comparing... Uh, how the New World Order markets itself. It says, well, if you think Bill Gates is creeping, a lot of people do. You know, he's always moving his hands around, saying, well, it, it works like this, and yeah, uh, I, I just want, yeah, I, I'm a philanthropist. I just want to help people. You know, when yeah, he's killed people, thousands in Africa and India, with tainted vaccines. Just see what he did with the oral, oral polio vaccine in India. Yeah, he's he's a fiend. He should be in prison should be in prison. But if you don't if you don't like Bill Gates, you can get yeah, you can get the New World Order, you can accept the agenda through a cool guy like Elon Musk. I mean he smoked weed on, on the Joe Rogan experience. Elon Musk has a company, he's got a bunch on the size of Tesla, he's got a company and then pull it up to get the name, but they're working on a bio brain chip. In other words, they're working on a computer chip to put in your brain. That's what they're working on. Okay, so we get back to Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, talking about technologies in the fourth industrial revolution that combine hardware, software, and biology or cyber physical systems. 
and advances communication and connectivity. Okay. When you talk about the Internet of Things, that includes humans. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The smartphone, Catherine Albrecht has said this for years. In their own language, a smartphone is a bridge or transitional technology to wearable tech. Wearable tech would be things like the iWatch, Google Glasses. They didn't catch on much. They want you to wear the tech. And then eventually, when you get comfortable wearing the tech, then it's easier to accept being implanted with the tech. And yes, they, they do have... They do have the brain chips that are out there. The military has already put them in a certain number of, number of soldiers. The last, thing, the last article I read a ways back would not, to the best of my knowledge, they would not, uh, the military would not disclose the identities of any of those soldiers or let any, any of them be interviewed. But they've already put some of those brain chips in some soldiers. Part of the way this gets, this, uh, gets presented to the public is like, well, if you have a cochlear implant, you know, it would have, isn't it great? I mean, if someone can't hear, isn't it awesome they can get, you give them, a, you know, you get them some technology in their brain that they could hear? Or if someone couldn't see, I mean, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be fantastic? I mean, you give them a brain chip and you know, then they could see. That's just the marketing. Yeah, they, they want to control your brain. I mean, if you think about a Windows operating system being rebooted and the viruses that you know, that the system is designed to get, do you want do you want a chip in your head? Do, do, you, do you really want that? Do you want, and some people can't put their phone down. It's designed to not be put down so that the apps keep on coming. They want it to be like a third hand. So, again, it gets that. As a bridge or a transitional technology, it's just easier to get wearable technology, and it's easier to get the to get the uh, to get the chip. Uh, finally, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, read from a piece called "The Great Reset." The Great Reset is here by James Records. This is from his site, The Daily Reckoning. Very interesting. He talks about part of the financial aspect. Uh, I talked about the evisceration of the middle class that's being expedited through the scandemic. Talked about the fourth industrial revolution, the internet of things. Uh, they're gonna push the biotech big time. And yes, I had said it before, it is in in some of the vaccines. They do have, you can look this up, you can look up to see what luciferous is, is as well as hydrogel, hydrogel. Get some of those vaccines. Uh, the the Messenger RNA will permanently change your DNA. And uh, so, if you against if you're against genetically modified food, if you get one of those vaccines, you're going to become a genetically modified human. It'll be irreversible. Just so you know. As I mentioned before, uh, the vaccine is also experimental because it's still conducting human trials. I'm going to read part of this piece from uh, James Rickards' Great Resets here. This was just posted February 22nd, a few days ago. The Bretton Woods Conference of 1944 set the global financial system that still prevails today. The period of 1969 to 71 can be regarded as the first reset, which involved the creation of special drawing rights, SDR. The ticker, uh, the ticker uh, abbreviation has X as an X-ray DR, the devaluation of the dollar, and the end of the gold standard. Again, this is all from record space. The Great Reset is here. For years, commentators, myself included, have discussed the next global monetary realignment, which is sometimes called the Big Reset or the Great Reset. 
Now it looks like the long-expected Great Reset is finally here. Details vary on the source, but the basic idea is that the current global monetary system centered around the dollar is inherently unstable and needs to be reformed. Part of the problem is due to a process called Triffin's Dilemma, named after economist Robert Triffin. Triffin said that the issuer of a dominant reserve currency had to run trade deficits so that the rest of the world could have enough of the currency to buy goods from the issuer and expand world trade. To back up, what Rickards didn't say about, about uh, Brent Woods was this. That's up, to, that's up to the dollar as the world reserve currency and was pegged towards people called it the petrodollar. In other words, people needed this thing called energy. They needed oil. But they will always need oil. So they're you know, massively trying to, as they, they attempt to eviscerate the middle class throughout the year and put people into subcompact cities and destroy their standard of living, there'll still be a need for oil, but not as much. Just as you see now, as you see now during the scandemic. But in any case, as far as Bretton Woods, in the world after World War II, if you were from even the former Soviet Union and you wanted to purchase oil from Saudi Arabia dollars, it would have to be you need dollars. Now that's going away. Triff, Triff, uh, Rickers didn't really explain that. Getting back to Triffin's dilemma. Robert Triffin, economist. Uh, but if you ran deficits long enough, you would eventually go broke. This was said about the dollar in the early, early 1960s. In 1969, the International Monetary Fund, IMF, created the SDR, Special Drawing Right, possibly to serve as a source of liquidity and alternative to the dollar. In 1971, the dollar did devalue relative to gold as far as there was a modified gold standard that President Nixon took the United States off of. And that basically said outside the states, not inside the states, you'd get uh, one ounce of gold was pegged towards, I don't know, maybe $32 or something. And that was supposed to be temporary when Nixon lifted that, of course. Yeah, inflation just exploded since then. And, of course, it never it wasn't temporary. That's just like yeah, personal income tax was supposed to be temporary for World War II. never went away. In any case, the SDRs were issued by the International Monetary Fund from 70 to 81. None were issued after 1981 until 2009 during the, glo- during the global financial crisis. And on January 7, 2011, the IMF issued a master plan for replacing the dollar with SDRs. This included the creation of an SDR bond market, SDR special drawing right dealers, and ancillary facilities such as repos, repurchase agreements, derivatives, settlement, clearance channels, and the entire apparatus of a liquid bond market. A liquid bond market is critical. The U.S. Treasury, US Treasury bonds are among the world's most liquid securities, which makes the dollar a legitimate reserve currency. The IMF recommended that the SDR, again, or special drawing right bond market, replicate the infrastructure of the U.S. Treasury market with hedging, financing, settlement, settlement and clearance mechanisms substantially similar to those used to support trading in Treasury securities today. This would be almost 10 times the amount of SDRs issued in 2009 and would go a long way to increasing SDR liquidity and advancing the globalist agenda of eventually having the SDR replace the U.S. dollar as a leading reserve asset. The proposed closely follows the global elite game plan predicted in Chapter 2 of my 2016 book, The Road to Rome. Over the next several years, we will see the issuance of SDRs to, to 
uh, transnational organizations such as the UN and World Bank to be spent on climate change infrastructure and other relief pet projects outside the supervision of any elected bodies. I call this the new blueprint for worldwide inflation. But there's more to the Great Reset than the issuance of new SDRs. Here's another breaking news story that validates the long-standing prediction of a coming reset in the global financial system. All right. Get back to where he is here in Rickard's piece. In 1999, the euro replaced the individual currencies of Germany, France, Netherlands, Italy, and other major economies in Europe. Today, the number of countries that have joined the euro is up to 19, and more countries are awaiting admission. Okay, And that's, that's very significant because when you talk about the European Union or the European Economic Community, they didn't really, there was always a political aspect to it, but the way they, they sold it to the people, the marketing was, let's just eliminate all trade barriers between member nations, and then we'll have a common trade barrier against all, all those outside the union. And, you know, that made a lot of sense to people. But then they said, you know, because there's no trade barriers, let's say, you know, between Italy and Spain, France, but let's just use the same money. <laughs> And then if you're using the same money, how close are you towards basically being in the same political control? Who's controlling the money? Who controls the politics? And that's really what's degenerated into where I, I read a couple of years ago in the UK, which does still has the pound sterling. They never got, even though they were part of the European Union, they're allegedly, they've allegedly left, we'll say. But even though they still never took the euro, uh, just being part of the, of the uh, European Union I, I read a few years ago, 80% of laws governed the UK were made in Brussels. It wasn't even made. <laughs> it was made by the European Union. It wasn't made by, in the, by the UK. Okay. On, en route to, to global government, you need regional government. That's why the EU is so, so important. And again, yes, there's North American Union, Canada, uh, the US, and, and Mexico. The euro is, this, getting back to Rickard's piece, the euro is the second largest reserve currency asset after the U.S. dollar. The creation, of, <clears throat> the creation of the euro can be thought of as a stepping stone from national currencies to a single world currency. Now, the euro, along with the Chinese yuan, is moving quickly to become a central bank digital currency. A central bank digital currency combines a traditional currency with the blockchain technology of a cryptocurrency. <clears throat> it's an important move in the direction of eliminating cash and forcing users into a 100% digital system using credit cards, debit cards, and smartphone apps. And why, why would the global elite want to, be, want to eliminate cash? More control over people. If, once again, if this does happen, if this does happen in our lifetime, they're trying hard. Think about what happens. Let's say, think about a really interesting number. Let's say you had a billion dollars, but all cash is outlawed. Okay. Do you really have that money in your possession? And I think about it. Is that really your money? If you step out of line, what could happen to your digital assets? Already now in the States for years, They've had civil asset forfeiture. So if you're driving around, let's say you have ten or ten or fifteen, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars cash, you might just be driving somewhere and you want to buy a new car or you know buy something else in cash. You get pulled over in most states, including North Carolina. They could confiscate that cash. Then you're guilty until proven innocent. But if there is no cash to confiscate. To confiscate, 
they could just shut you off or shut you down. Uh, you've had people like the D.C. madam in years past who allegedly had a black book proving that many people in Congress uh, were using her prostitutes. She never released that, and then they claimed she killed herself. But before that happened, they just froze her assets. She wasn't convicted of anything, mind you. She was just charged. But they froze her assets. So what happens? What happens? You're a billionaire. It's all digital. It's not really your money. See, it's more control. It's more, it's more control. It's more control. Uh, Rickard just goes on to says, uh, he says, this is here. He says, uh, this isn't speculation anymore. It's happening in front of our eyes. The Great Reset is coming fast. The future is here. The only solution is to use a non-digital, non-bank store of wealth that cannot be traced or manipulated. Given the planned dollar devaluation, it's one more reason to own physical gold and silver. Get it while you still can. I, I agree with him. I agree with him p- partly. Uh, I think crypto, crypto is there. I mean, some crypto can be tracked. Most crypto can be traced, but not manipulated. So in other words, they know when you spend Bitcoin. They see that. They know when it's bought and sold. However, it's still outside the control of the bank. So you could step on a plane. If you had a million dollars in Bitcoin, you could step on a plane. As long as you have access to your wallet, where it is, you could use it anywhere in the world. Try getting on a plane with a million dollars. Let's make these. Try just getting on a plane with $10,000 in gold and silver and see how that rolls. Now, unless you have enough money to rent a plane and a pilot, uh, this idea, and I mentioned before about they've been controlling travel since for over 100 years, with the introduction introduction of the various passports, when even communist China and the former Soviet Union accepted passports, because that was part of the globalist plan. But I think uh, Richards, Richards obviously doesn't like crypto. I think crypto is great. If you want a completely anonymous crypto, too, just Monero. Monero. Monero is a privacy coin. Um, the IRS, I think, put out a bounty if any hacker could crack Monero like they could with Bitcoin, where they could trace in most most of all the other cryptos, only a few that are real real solid privacy coins they can't trace. But I think the IRS put out a bounty of six hundred six hundred fifty thousand dollars if any if any hacker could uh, could basically break Monero. Hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna. So yes, gold and silver are great, but it's not either or. It's both end. Crypto is good too, especially Monero. You've been listening to KRP Radio Show, keeping it real with uh, Pudgy Mill and guest host Rocco P. I would say if you want to probe, if you want to probe more into this, go to uh, go to the CorbettReport.com. And he did an excellent, excellent questions for Corbett session. He does that from time to time, and he did this one recently. How can a global conspiracy work? How can a global conspiracy work? I don't have time tonight to play some of that, but it's excellent. As always, James Corbett has his notes, and uh, he just goes through very, very simply to just show how it's an open conspiracy. For well over 100 years, global elites have been talking about depopulation. So <laughs> it's, it's been happening, and uh, it, it is happening now. I want to thank Pudgy Miller again for the opportunity to uh, to use his platform. I will hope to be on the air. I'm not don't know if I will be next month. I don't think I'll be on the 26th, but we'll see if I can do the show the 19th. Thanks again for listening to KRP Radio Show. KRP Radio!
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.